shut off How's today. How's everyone doing huh? this morning? Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Thank you, thank you. Let's try that again. Ooh. How y'all doing this morning? Are you good? All right. Are you falling Christmas. asleep because it's hot? <laughs> <laughs> See, the cold keeps you awake, doesn't it? Right. Woo. So we've decided hey, to turn it back on, down. It's, we're going to shoot for, I think maybe we'll turn it back down to about 60 for next Sunday, what y'all think. <laughs> huh? Feels good. Oh. Feels good. So how many of you, raise your hand, if giving and or receiving, exchanging gifts is one of your favorite things when it comes to Christmas time? Any... All right, yeah. gift people, a lot of gift people. Feels, feels nice. How yeah. about uh, cooking or baking? All right. How about eating what's cooked or baked? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. How about getting out the decorations, you know, Christmas tree, all that? Now, that's a lot more. Everyone, one favorite means one thing. <laughs> one thing. How many of you just, okay, I just like it all. Okay, all right, that, that works. Um, probably one of my favorites is, you know, getting gifts for our kids and watching them unwrap them. And, and some are a surprise, some aren't. Um, but when we think of Christmas time, and, and today Josh and I, we're not actually going to get in the traditional text uh, of, of Christmas in Luke chapter 2. But if you think about it, we're going to stick with this theme of gifts or a gift. And when God sent his son, Jesus, he really was the ultimate gift to you and to I. So, um, to you and to me. Yeah, that's better. So, so we're going to talk about that gift today. And, and, and so many of us know the story anyway. We understand gifts. Um, but I thought, uh, I think uh, Josh is going to share uh, quickly about one of his was it right, favorite yeah. gifts or best gifts that he's ever gotten so how many of you like there's a gift right that you got at some point and so i may i kind of i may make a little extra noise today if you guys hear that the holy spirit is present yes no doubt. <laughs> um how many of you have gotten a gift it's like you remember that could have been from several years ago could have been from last year raise your hand if you got something special that you feel like wow what a what a blessing that was well i'm going to rewind to uh, 2004, so this is quite a ways back. All right, you want me, let me take this one off. All right, you just tell me. Um, so back in 2004, I got this surreal gift. It was like I, I couldn't even, I couldn't have imagined it. But I walked out into the garage, and there sits a new dirt bike. Okay, 2004. Like I'm thinking, Kylie's like, "Hey, let's go out to the garage. You got your gift." I'm thinking, like, whatever, toaster, microwave, whatever. <laughs> she needs me, my help getting it into the house. Well, it's a dirt bike, and I'm like, "What?" It's like in that very moment, I was so shocked. It was like a surreal moment, and it's it's similar to that when you give your your life to Christ. It's like once you get it, once you understand that Jesus died on a cross for you, you're in this surreal moment, like. Oh my goodness. So, with that said, I didn't, did I unwrap that thing? You better, I think I had it started in about five minutes or less. I mean, I was hitting the rev limiter on that thing, just sitting in the garage. But it was an amazing gift. And then what I did after unwrapping it, I, it probably wasn't, but that weekend, we went riding. And I took that thing out, and I, I still have that motorcycle to this day, right? I've been waiting on another one. I don't know. She has a, you know, it's 04, just a reminder. That was a long time ago. But, but anyways... I probably, I, countless oil changes through that thing. I bet 10 or 12 sets of tires. It's been all over the, the country in different races. 
And so I have used that thing like you would not believe. And so think about Jesus in the same way, right? So that moment in which you realize that the, the reason for our existence is because of Jesus Christ, and we're supposed to give back. The moment that you realize that, for those of you who have, was that a surreal moment for you? I can remember where I was whenever that happened for me. I was in a uh, convention center in Decatur, Illinois. It was a marriage retreat, and I realized that, oh my goodness, Christ died for me so I could have salvation, so I could have eternal life and dedicate my life to him. How many of you remember that moment or a season in your life when you, when you understood who Jesus was? Just thinking back, isn't that a surreal moment? Well, from there, did you unwrap that present? Well, sure you did, right? You probably got a Bible very quickly after that. You got engaged in a church, a community, and you began to study and learn. And then from there, what happens? What's the first thing that usually happens? Is God puts on our heart to share our story, to tell our story. Um, testimonies. We love doing that from time to time here. But we take that and we use that out to touch other people. And that's exactly what God wants us to do with the story in the gospel of Jesus Christ is so, to share. Yeah. So Go we're, we're going to so continue talking about this gift. And some of the things that we say up here today, I, I want it to remind us of our experience. And if we're not experiencing some of the things or a person in this story that we're going to share that receives a gift, then, then we need to think about, wow, what have I really received the gift that God promised me? Because um, he gave it not just so you could have the gift. Uh, I want to share a verse. It's a very familiar verse uh, found in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It talks about this gift a little bit. But before the gift, it talks about some bad news. It says this, for the wages of sin is what? Death. Death. Now, that's not just physical death that came into the world when Adam and Eve chose to sin. Our bodies were originally created to live forever, but we're also made spiritual beings. And so spiritually, because of sin, we also die as well. And that death, it means separation from God. Separation from that which is holy, because we are no longer holy. And so the scriptures say the wages of sin is death. How many of you got a job? Okay. Um, do you get paid for your job? So you work hours and you receive a wage, right? Whether you like it or not, whether you think you should, it should be more or less, it doesn't matter. You work, you receive a wage. Well, sin is our employer as a human race, and he is always faithful in pain. He's a faithful employer. When you work, he pays. When you sin, he pays. And God says the wages of our sin is death. But I love it that it doesn't just stop there. God chooses not to leave us in death. He offers us a free gift found in Jesus Christ which is eternal life. It's free. It means you don't do anything to earn it. You don't work for it. You've already worked for something, and that's called sin, and it's paid you death. And so God offers us a gift. Free gift, right. And there's nothing you can do to earn it either, right? In the world that we live in, you can work hard and earn things, not with the free gift yep. of salvation, Amen. right? Okay.
We've got Romans next verse is Romans yeah. three twenty three. So we know this too. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? Nobody in here is sinless, right? How many of you, anybody sinless, right? No, no, no hands. So we've all fallen short, but through the grace of our amazing God and through Jesus Christ, we can have salvation and be forgiven for those sins, being justified freely by his grace through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right, so I have a gift here, and... It's wrapped in a pretty little box. I have this gift. And it's just offered. It's waiting for someone to what? Hey, it's up here. To take it. I'm right here. You didn't even have to get down there. Anyone but you. Right no here. one's... Look at this. Huh? Oh, my goodness. No, I no. saw my son's oh, hand first. I wouldn't he's, do that. Trust no. He's going to like this gift. So This was not staged, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so, Josiah has a job. And he gets paid for his job. Now, he just received a gift because of a couple things. First of all, he didn't earn it. He did nothing. I freely offered it. And some of you, what? You just sat there. You didn't really want the gift. Now, I know it's maybe kind of seeming tricky. Well, he doesn't really want me to take it, right? There's probably nothing in it. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a gift in it. And that gift is meant to be what? Opened. Open and used or shared or sh <laughs> and sh that's right huh? that's a good and point that's shared. really gonna yes. go along with where we're going yeah. let's see what you, should he open it but are you, yeah, you uh, can open on. it he's let's probably see. already has what nice <laughs> so that's what the idea of a gift is god has offered this gift to who Everyone. Everyone. John 3.16, we don't have to put it up there, we know it, right? For God so loved the world, the world not meaning just the earth, it means you and me. It means people, the human race. God so loved us that he did what? He gave. And we, we see here in Romans that his purpose in giving was so that we would receive eternal life. So we have two choices, and that's it. People around you in life have two choices. They are either going to choose the wages of sin, because all, we've all sinned and fall short, or we're going to choose to say, God, you're offering that gift. I take it, and I'm going to open it, and I'm going to use it, and I'm going to share it. God doesn't give the gift of eternal life just so you have the package, and it's good. All gifts are meant to be used and opened. And if you give one that's not, it's just not like a gift that God gives. God sent Jesus so that you would take him, receive him, believe in him, and experience eternal life, and you don't have to wait till you die. It's a new life that starts now. And that gift never, ever, ever stops giving, right? Most of what we get in regards to material things, what, right? Most of what we will get this week, where will it be in a month? Gone, right? Trash, wherever. Put in a corner, collecting dust until next season. And it doesn't wear out like your 04 dirt bike that you still right, have, but right. it's wearing out. It is. This one yeah. doesn't. That's right. Doesn't give out. Yeah. So we're going to look at a, a different passage of Scripture. Josh is going to, yeah. uh, we're going to turn to John chapter 4, and so, we're going to talk about 
more another gift. Yeah, so just okay. talking about a story where Jesus is offering this very gift to someone. So let's take a look. John, we're going to be in chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 5. So, so he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sikar. That's why I gave Next, you that scripture. Yeah, you I had to say look, that word. So that's <laughs> pronounced a couple different ways. I'm going with Sikar. And for those of you who know me and have come before, a lot of times if I cannot pronounce the word, I just say wagon wheel. So for those visitors, you may hear that. So near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour, and that's about noontime, just so you know. Another uh, translation is around noontime. Mm -hmm. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. She's confused at this point. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So a couple things I want to point out to you is she came to the well at noontime. And back in that time, most of the time, and women were the ones who went to the well to fetch water, and they did it usually early of the morning and then late in the afternoon. That way the water would last through the day and then through the evening. So she went at noontime. Why do you think that she went at noontime? Probably to avoid people, okay? Because we learn a little bit later on, and I'll share it, but she... She didn't have the best reputation. <laughs> Jesus knew that um, she had had five husbands, that she was living with a man who wasn't her husband, and she was very distraught over that. So for her to go to the well at noon was a big deal. She didn't want to be seen by anybody, nor would a Jewish man speak to her in any way. Probably back then a woman would have left the well, not even stayed. Okay, so this is a very, very big deal. So she was a Samaritan woman, a member of what's in one of the commentaries, a hated mixed race, was known um, to be living in sin, and was in a public place. So the point here is that Jesus spoke to her. Okay, no matter what your race or heritage or sexual or sexual status or or social status let's just be transparent or past sins god loves you or current sins or current sins and the good news the gospel of jesus christ applies to everyone okay so let's just rewind a little bit social sin or sexual sin or any other sin is there any that's greater than the other no. What does God teach us about sin? That we're called to repent. So as believers in the word of God, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, what are we supposed to do towards those who have sin in their lives? Which is everybody here. What are we supposed to do? Love them. Mm-hmm. Amen. So it does not matter what sin you're here today and you struggle with. What we are called as a body of believers is to love you and show you through the Word of God the right way to live based on God's direction. Amen? Amen. 
That includes everybody. So I just want to get that out there this morning. I don't want anybody squirming in your seat, feeling uncomfortable, because you haven't been to church in a year, ten years. Maybe this is your first time. It doesn't matter. You know why? Because you're here. And it was an ordained moment for you to be here. Okay? Amen. And what I just mentioned a minute ago was not in my notes to be said. <laughs> but that's how God works, isn't it? He loves each and every one of us. As Jesus did this woman at the well who nobody else would talk to inside of sexual sin and other things. And a reputation that was probably not the best back in her day. It's really neat. You know, I know many of you know I, I just got back from Africa not too long ago, but um, it's hard for us to go back into Bible times and like understand just what a well means for a community of people. But I got to see it firsthand because parts of Kenya where I went are, are 2,000 years sometimes backwards of where we have advanced to as a society. And they literally have a well that might supply water, fresh, clean, drinkable water for a 15-mile radius. And so Josh is exactly correct. Um, I got to pull up to, to church on a Sunday morning when I went. We got there a little bit early, and there was a lot of people already around the well. I mean, they come, kids mostly and or women, and they all come, and it's a community place. They talk, they chat, they, they catch up because it's not like Mattoon, Illinois, where everyone can walk to the Y within a mile and, and you're just sharing stuff. I mean, these, these are people that um, live for miles away and they walk there. And so um, this woman went at noontime, the hottest time of the day, because, yeah, she didn't want to be talked about. She had a bad reputation. And I love just a couple things. Jesus, and Josh kind of pointed out, Jesus, Jesus noticed her. And I, I want you to know that, that Jesus knows you. He notices you when other people don't. And what he says to this wom woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is talking to you. And, and I want us to really get that this morning. I want you to understand the gift of God that he offers you. All right, so let's continue with the story. Uh, verse 11, we'll read 11 through 14. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Remember, he offered her living water. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water, meaning the water that's at the well, Jesus said, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And so for us, we don't probably, because of where we live, we don't understand thirsting for water like people who rely upon a a well and have to walk to it daily and fill it up just to meet their needs we in america don't get that but you know what we do get we get thirsting for the things of this world mm -hmm. now she thirsted for literal water that sustained life we thirst for stuff that destroys not only our bodies but our souls and our minds don't we we just 
thirst for so much. We thirst for knowledge and information and, and feelings and ecstasy and, and high things and stuff that makes us feel good and stuff that don't matter. Mm -hmm. So we know what it's like to thirst, and it's a good thing because God put that thirst in you for a reason. The problem is we're thirsting for the wrong things. God put that thirst in you so that you would thirst for a water that not only sustains your physical life, but a, a water that lasts forever. A, a water that, that washes you clean of your sin. A water that purifies you. A water that creates new life in you and gives you hope and peace and Christ and joy and love now. And so if we have said we've accepted this gift that God has offered, but we don't have that, then we either haven't opened that gift or we've opened the wrong one or we're not using it or a combination of everything. And today, Josh and I just want you to know the real gift and know the change, the living water from within that it can bring you. And how many of you, I know that me personally, I've, I've run into this in my life, I still struggle with it from time to time, but when you, that thirst, for me, it's material things at times, like I'll get something new and, and it kind of satisfies for a little mm -hmm. bit, and then I want to buy something else, right? And I want something uh, a little shinier, a little faster, a little louder, mm -hmm. whatever it may be, right? And, and maybe I'm the only one that, that struggles with that, I, I doubt it. But what I've found in my life is I continue to get thirstier. When I fuel that thing, I just want more, right? And usually that um, goes too far, right? I spend money that I don't have. I take up time doing that thing that I shouldn't be using my time to do, right? So the only thing in my life that quenches the thirst is Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, it, it really is, and um, it is pretty amazing, and I talked about it, you know, last week, it's just the more time that I put into Christ, um, the less I thirst or desire other things. He just keeps me on track. So, um, anyways, I just, I share that because I don't want you to feel like you're the only one out there, because it's cool, right? It's good, it's fun getting stuff for Christmas and gifts, and I'm not here to want anybody to sure. feel conviction oh you need to take all my presents back i'm not saying that right enjoy them unwrap them and, and spend time with your family got a clap out of that one that was good um but you know my point is is just be careful because i i mean i've fallen into it and uh i just keep adding fuel to that fire and yeah. the materialism side just grows and grows until a point where it can even get you in trouble financially uh, even in your relationships and marriages and things like that. So I love before we move on that she asked, you know, are, are you greater than Jacob, our father, who gave us this well? It's like, uh, yeah, he is the well. Right. I mean, he. So again, going back to a couple of things, if one one of the best evidences that we have this new living water that lasts and not just drinking water that Josh is going to drink from and he's going to be thirsty again later on mm -hmm. sometime because that doesn't sustain doesn't. but one of the best evidences we have is that we don't thirst as much as we used to for worldly things that's when we know we've received the gift we've opened it and the bible says he moves inside 
So if we are here today and we're saying, I believe in the story of Jesus, I believe that he came, he was born of a Virgin Mary, he died on the cross for my sin, all that knowledge is great. But if he hasn't moved in and changed our thirsts, then we've not received what the Bible says we should be receiving, which is new life and eternal life. The thirsting isn't the sin. What we're drinking from probably is. And so we are. We're, we're to turn. And we're going we're gonna to get to more of that in a minute. So let's um, take a look at uh, verse 15. So the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. And so the things that stand out to me is Jesus already knows our stuff, right? I mean, how many of you think you're hiding anything from God? You're, you're not. And that was a pretty, I mean, that's a pretty revealing moment. It's a pretty convicting moment whenever you understand that. Because we hide a lot on the inside, don't we? I've, I'll give you a visual, and this is kind of scary to think about, but think if you had an iPad that you wore around your neck every day, and it was connected to your brain, and it showed what you were thinking about. <laughs> All day long. Woo! <laughs> Let's walk into work or church or wherever it may be, and it's given a visual pictorial of whatever it is that's going on in your mind, right? There's things inside of us that we, we struggle with and we keep from, from people. But the thing is, God knows everything that's going on. He loves her anyways completely. And I think that's where we struggle sometimes. For me, when I first started going to church, I smoked, I drank. I mean, there were so many things that I did. I, I, I felt like, oh, I, I got to quit all that, right, before I can go to church. No, you don't. You don't have to quit smoking, drinking, whatever it is, sin. And you're like, God wants you just the way that you are. She's got five husbands living in sin, and he's like, I love you. I'm right here. I accept you just the way you are. So if that's you today, and you're here, and you're like, I had to come. Somebody drug me in here. I did not want to be here at all. How many of you have heard the roof's going to cave in, the place going to catch on fire, right? We've heard all those things, and we're still here. So my point is, is that God loves you just the way you are, and he already knows your stuff. The other thing I want to share with you is that before I gave my life to Christ, I didn't know some of the things that I was doing was wrong were wrong I didn't have conviction you don't know what you don't know but when you accept Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior what begins to happen inside you you change your heart begins to change you begin to see things and I always um, compare it to like a statue and if you can think of an artist chiseling away at a statue and creating this amazing sculpture, that's what God's doing with each and every one of us. And we still, all of us, still have some chips and pieces to fall off of us that are sinful, that God wants all that weight just to shed away from us so we can live the life that he really, really wants for us to have. And so it's okay to be here today and think you shouldn't be here. It's awesome that you're here. And what God wants to do is begin to just chisel away at you. And the thing is, those things that you feel like you have to give up, you just wait and see. They'll be just gone. 
God has a way of absolutely transforming things in your life where you, you, never, you could have never imagined without it, but you give your life to Christ, and your life is amazing without those things, and you don't even realize it. So Here's the interesting thing with that, because, yeah, so many times we think, oh, all I have to do is ask for it, and I receive, and there's a scripture that talks about that, but it also talks about asking for wrong motives. The woman asked Jesus for this living water, and he didn't just give it to her. Oh, he's offering it, but he made her do what? He made her address her sin. True. That's why he said, go, go get your husband. And so what Josh is saying right, is right. God meets you just where you're at. But when he meets you where you're at, he's going to remind us that the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And we are now commanded to address our sin which first just starts with admitting it mm -hmm. and most of us we just we don't have a problem if it's just us and God saying yeah man I I know I've lied so that makes me a liar I know I've cheated I know I've stolen so it makes me a thief I mean I've we've all fallen short but too many people want what Christ has to offer and there's no willingness to address their sin and just turn and say okay God I can't overcome this on my own strength. I need your help, so I am. I'm, I'm, I'm receiving your gift. And when Josh says, and that stuff just begins to go away, it's because God moves in. And God loves you so much, he doesn't want you to stay the same. He doesn't want you to stay a someone that's enslaved to sin. He wants you to be free. And, and just, you know, a point here is that, you know, you may be sitting out there rolling your eyes right now. You may be, be like, you are crazy, both of you, <laughs> right? And I just want to share with you that it's okay you have that thought. Mm -hmm. But I also want to share with you that if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, what you feel right now inside of you won't go away. And that feeling mm -hmm. of turning from whatever sin that you're struggling with. I'm just being honest with mm -hmm. you, Right? And the moment in which you turn back to Jesus, it's an incredible reconnection. Because what can happen is you accept Christ as your, as your Savior, you fall away and get back into your old ways, right? And that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. And then you begin to distance yourself and then question what it is that God has for you. I'm just telling you, you give it back to God, He's right there waiting and most of the time, whatever we're doing will lead us back into a place that we were before. Could even be 10 years before, 20 years before. So my point is, if that's you today, and you're struggling with that, I'm glad you're struggling with it. And you'll continue to struggle with it until you give your, your life back to Christ. Because that's, that's what God wants for you, is to be connected with you 110%. Amen. So obviously Jesus has her address her sin and what's her response verse 19 we'll pick up the woman said to him sir i perceive that you are a prophet i mean this woman didn't know jesus at all and already he's letting her know that basically he knows about her lifestyle and her sin and 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 yet he still addresses her yet he still welcomes her yet he still speaks to her and so she's like okay i know you're a prophet and so then they get in they get into some Samaria versus Jewish worship and where you worship and Jesus basically says hey a time's coming and it's here now where it's not where you worship it's how it's 
in your spirit, in truth. And so I want to pick up after they talk about that in verse 25. It says, The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I just, I love that because so many times in America, we hear other people telling us who God is, uh, what God is about, who Jesus is, the story of his life. But do you know who Jesus is because he has revealed to you, hey, what people are saying, just so you know, they're, they're right, but have you heard his voice? Have you heard his spirit speak to your spirit and confirm to you that, hey, I, I am who my word says I am. The wages of sin is death, but the gift I offer is eternal life. And, and you can't have both at the same time. You, you choose. And we're choosing. And so we're going to get into that here in a little bit. But, you know, what has God revealed to you? What is he showing you? Has, have you heard him say, hey, I'm, I'm God. I am he. Jesus is alive. He's here. He's come like this woman. She knew the stories. Hey, we know Messiah's coming. Hey, we Samaritans worship here. I know you Jews worship there. But she didn't really know the gift. Know the gift giver. And that's why Jesus said, if you really knew the gift that's being offered to you. Picks up in verse 28. So let's take a look at this. So the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to them, said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I've ever done. Could this be the Christ? And so I want you to get this, this picture in your mind that she is absolutely overwhelmed with excitement, runs into the city. Imagine it's noontime, right? So she's avoiding people, doesn't want to be around people, screaming and yelling of how excited she is because she just met Christ. She realizes that. She sheds off any kind of anxiety or, or depression or uh, self-hatred at times, right? Lack of self-confidence and runs in and tells everybody, let me tell you about a man who just told me everything there is to know about me. So what did she do? She shared just like Josiah is going to split that up and give me a $5 bill in a minute. I mean, share the free gift of salvation, right? So that's what she does. So I just want you to know that no longer do you have to be embarrassed or avoid people. Because I know that anxiety and depression and stress and all those things are real, right? Right now in the midst of the holiday season, sometimes those things are at their highest levels. But I want you to know that he can strip all that away and give you peace and joy and love all the fruits of the Spirit in the midst of whatever you may be in right now, okay? That's what he wants for you. I want to share with you, I've never seen this in this story till I went to Africa and like saw the literal well, but I think what we missed, can you go back to 28? Why did the woman come to the well originally? To get water, because it was her life sustainer right what did she carry her how did she get that water what she poured into water pot what did she leave once she met the true fountain of living water she didn't need her water pot anymore i love this so not only you know josh talking about leave your anxiety your depression that can all be dropped and left but whatever it is you are putting your trust in whatever whatever was giving you peace or man i'm stressed out so i turned to this the woman left her water pot. 
I guarantee you that woman needed literal water more than you and I need some of the things we lean on. And so if we would just drop what we're putting our trust in and run and turn in excitement because we've met the one that gives eternal life, man, you would find it so freeing. But some of us are like, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I'm still enslaved to my sin. I believe in Jesus, and I'm not here to, to say you do or don't. But what I'm here to say is, all these people that encountered Christ in Scripture, we see a change. We see a major change. Yes, there's still a process of growth, but we see a change. Has that change come to you? Amen. Uh, so we're are we ready? Yeah, we're ready. Uh, 39, verse 39. Let's, let's uh, end with this. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. I I don't want you to believe because Josh and I tell you about Jesus. I want you to believe and have your faith only increase because when we tell you about Jesus, you've also learned from his word, from his mouth, from his revelation that he's revealing to you that he is the way and the truth and the life. That's what this woman found out. She went and she shared that gift. The people came back to Jesus. They wanted to hear from themselves. I want you to experience new life, life in Christ for yourself firsthand, not just through a mom or a dad or a pastor or a teacher or your favorite podcast guy or gal that shares. We can grow through that, but we can't really know personally secondhand only. So that's the gift that's been given and is offered and just want to challenge you, do you have that today? One other thing I want to share about that verse is with those other men and, and whoever else went to the well that day, would they have gone without her? Probably not, mm. right? And so that goes back to are we sharing our, mm. our story? Very good. Are we telling our testimony? And if you're not, I would just challenge you to do that. Because there's people that we uh, go to school with, that we work with, that we wherever it may be, that they may not know Jesus. They may know, hey, I got some people I know that go to church. Praise and worship, why don't you guys go ahead and come on up. But they may not have someone in their life that's been touched by Christ in the way that you have. The other thing that came to my heart just a minute ago is that, you know, oftentimes um, when we go through hard times, what's the first thing that we do? What's the first thing that we do whenever we know of a loved one that's diagnosed with an illness or somebody gets hurt in a car accident or what happens what do we do usually pray right 
you get on your knees and it's you're probably in the most vulnerable state you could ever imagine because you know in that moment there's nothing you can do to control it there's nothing you can do to change it right so we call on our God our amazing God but for some reason we fall back away from him when he heals and he blesses and he touches and moves in in an incredible way so my thought behind that is is go back and whatever that time is for you I want you to go back and recall those many many miracles that God has brought you through delivered you through your family relationships whatever it may be and I want to give you the opportunity right now if that's you to rededicate your life to Christ you can do it right where you're at or you can come up here and we'll pray with you let's all stand because I know that life is challenging I know that Satan can throw all kinds of curveballs at us and he you know somebody told me a long time ago Satan's not this big nasty creature with can I'm sure have horns and fangs and all the rest but it's the best looking woman out there it's the hunkiest guy you've ever seen in your life it's the fastest sports car the biggest boat the biggest you know right you get what I'm saying he knows what buttons to push and how to draw you in through temptation the Lord's prayer tells us right lead us not in temptation but deliver us from the evil one so if that's you here today and you're struggling and you're ready to rededicate your life I just ask that you would do that either right where you're at or coming forward I also want to read Romans 10 9 and 10 to you it says that if you confess with your mouth that Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made until salvation. So that may be you today, where you've not accepted Christ as your Savior, and I want to invite you this morning. If you come down front, we'll pray with you. Let's turn the lights off in the back. Um, I want you all to know that we love each and every one of you, that God has provided an incredible gift, His Son, Jesus Christ. It's an incredible free gift that He wants us each to open use and share so as we sing we're going to sing a song we'd love for anybody to come forward also we know that this is a rough time right Um, loved ones that have been lost and and memories and those kind of things and if you want to come down front this morning and pray um, if you want us to pray with you come over here to the right if you want to be left alone and pray on your own come to the left we're going to sing one song and then we're going to close in in a cool fashion today we're going to have a candlelight service and uh, I think all of you have your your candles with you so please come if you feel God drawing you